exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studios in Lake Wales, Florida home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowlers Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show was regularly scheduled at the same time each week. The late Kegel owner, the great John Davis, told Len Nicholson to start this program because, quote, people need to know what you know, end quote. This PBA and bowling writer Hall of Famer has now recorded over 1,200 shows and has featured over 425 guests since 2002. 20 years plus of bowling knowledge, story sharing, and true expertise. Phantom, we need to know what you know. So Phantom fans, here's your host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world for all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support. You can always rely on the Kegel Company. So go to kegel.net. Well, Phantom fans, this week's guest is a longtime friend who I met years ago when he was a collegiate star in Indiana, and he eventually became an intern at Kegel, and he has done a lot in this great sport, including being a lane man in the PBA Midwest region. He also won an Eagle at the 2001 USBC Championships. He owns his own business. He runs one of the biggest collegiate tournaments in the country each year. And he is also the USBC lane pattern developer. And there's a lot more, but in order to get this show over with in 25 minutes, i got to cut his bio short. So, bowling fans, here's my buddy, Nick Hoagland. Hello, Nick, and welcome back to the show. Hey, Phantom. I'm so honored to be on your show, and I hope you're doing well, and I can't wait to uh, answer all the great questions. Well, I'm honored and privileged to have you back on the show with us again, Pards. Uh, You've come a long way since that little kid I used to beat at cards back in the day. Because <laughs> now I'm sure you got me all figured out. You could probably win next time we played. But, you know, as I said, I had to cut back on your bio because we only have a certain amount of time, as I mentioned, everything that you do. But one thing I did leave out is that you are now married. So tell us about that, okay? <laughs> yes. Uh been married uh, since 2010, so we got married uh, to my wife Gretchen on Halloween, because now I won't ever be able to forget it. It's 10-31-10's our anniversary, so I was smart enough to get married on the day I won't forget, so uh, it's amazing. She's amazing. We have two uh, great kids. My daughter, Barry, is 10, just turned 10, wow. and my son, Jack, is six and a half. And Barry is, uh, is starting to get into bowling quite a bit. And Lenny, in the ultimate irony, she's a two-handed lefty. 
that's what you get, you know, rotten egg. <laughs> hey, so, you know, I'm going to be starting a, a junior bowling club here at Phantom Radio. It's going to launch on March 15th. So I want her in my club. It's going to be free. So I'm looking for it, and uh, we'll go from there anyway. Uh, I'm going to be doing some announcements on that, so let's not waste time talking about that now because I got you, you know. I need to talk with you about one thing. But first, I'm curious. When you were younger and you were in college, you were one heck of a bowler. Um, and I, I mentioned it in the bio that uh, you won an eagle singles. Are you still bowling? Uh, no, I don't. I don't bowl league anymore. Um, I'd like to. But it just is so far down on the list of things to do um, that I can't get to it. So the, the, the only bowling I really do is why I do oil pattern testing. And so, um, you know, that's that's when I bowl. Um, as my kids get older, though, I think I'll start to bowl a little bit more. But it's just not, uh, not something that um, I have time to do every week, unfortunately. Uh, most of my friends around here around Indianapolis bowl way away from where I live too. So they bowl in the center that's at least 50 minutes away. So it just, it just doesn't make sense for me to do, but uh, I do miss it. Yeah, I know, as I mentioned, you're a busy guy. And uh, I joked with you earlier, I was trying to get a hold of you. And uh, you know, the Pope answered the phone. I talked to him for a minute. And Donald Trump answered the phone. I talked to him for a minute. I couldn't get you. You were busy. You were in a meeting. You had the limo waiting outside. Yeah, go to the airport, wherever you're at. But you are unbelievable, Pars. You're a busy man, and I'm really, really proud of you. But let's talk about what I really want to talk about. Number one is that you designed the lane patterns. And I got to tell you, Pars, you did a great job at the current, uh, the just done uh, U.S. Open. So your imagination worked. So tell us about how and why you came up with what you did, okay? Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It was, you know, Lenny talked for years about being, the, you know, the man in the arena and uh, the pressure that goes with that. And, um, and so it's so important to get it right. It's, it's the biggest tournament of the year for the, for the professionals. Uh, it's probably the most prestigious of the year. And, um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to use the Kegel products. Kegel is the official lane maintenance sponsor of USBC. And as you referenced, Len, I've had a relationship with Kegel for over 25 years, right? And so, you know, first it starts with just getting to use the best equipment and the best conditioners um, in the market. And then, you know, a lot of credit goes to USBC. They, they invest in this lane pattern development program, right? It's um, I don't work for free, right? I get paid. Uh, they pay for me to fly around the country and test oil patterns and, and look at kickbacks and look at flat gutters and, and look at all the, the inputs in the, in the scoring pace. And so they've invested in making sure it's done right. And then, you know, the, the fun of it is the pattern design. So for the U.S. Open, I had three pattern testers. And Lenny, yeah, we bowled in, in the middle of the night. I mean, we bowled at 1 in the morning, right? <laughs> And we tested 20 patterns, all different shapes, lengths, volumes. And what we were really trying to accomplish is what we call three angles to win, 
And so in the old days, Len, when you did Marines, you know, there's no real oil. So, you know, you were once a day, the first A squad usually played them out, B squad played the track, and C squad played them in, right? And so we're trying to replicate that this year and every year with making sure that we're testing the bowler's skill sets. And so, you know, this year we got it done. And uh, statistically, uh, it was a great tournament. And I, I have to say that the, the TV show, both TV shows, every match came down to the 10th frame. Every match. And so uh, it was probably one of the greatest, you know, U.S. Open TV shows of all time. I, I totally agree, you know, and uh, some people might say that you were lucky to come out with that. But you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Luck favors those that are well prepared, man. And I know yeah. how much research you did and how much time you spent on all this. And I agree the U.S. Open is the number one tournament. And, uh, man, you brought out the skill of those players. Uh, unbelievably, Pards. Uh, I can't praise you enough. So anything else you want to talk about that tournament at all before we go on? Uh, I, I just would say, you know, like the evaluating the patterns is, is something that's key. And, and I have some, some good pattern testers, but um, Steve Harmon's one of my, my pattern testers. I know his game well, and he's really become sort of that right hand person. He, he, he gets the credit for the TV show pattern because I had it, I had the speed bump at a different spot on the lane and it was good, but he, he made a recommendation to me of how to change the pattern. And I did it and it ended up being that TV show pattern. That was really, really fair. And so it's, you know, it's, it, when it's taking your ego out of it, right? Like you, you meet other people in your ear, you know, telling you what they think so that you can get to the best decision. Um, and so that's, you know, I'm proud of the fact that we're able to do that. Well, you certainly did, man. It was exciting. I loved it. Uh, you took away the uh, whole spots in the middle, and you took away some swing area on some of the patterns. You made shot making a premium, and that's what the U.S. Open is all about, man. And uh, if you can duplicate that again, you're the luckiest man in the world. <laughs> that's right. But, uh, no, man, you should be proud of that. And I'm sure that uh, if anybody came to you to complain, I'm sure you probably came up with one of the things I used to say. Guys would come up after a squad and say, you know, if I missed by two or three boards to the right, uh, I didn't strike. And I'd say, well, don't miss. <laughs> right. So, I, yeah. Yeah. They, they, it's, it's hard to, I think, really to, I mean, you can always dissect a little bit. I mean, the, the squads were a little, uh, off, but at, at some level, when you know this, you, you can't predict how people are going to bowl on the squad, right? You can make them as even as you want, but at the end of the day, the bowlers still bowl. And so, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have changed a thing. For sure. <laughs> well, you mentioned the arena. That's that famous poem by Teddy Roosevelt. Anybody that doesn't know about it, you ought to look it up because nothing pertains to uh, a lane man or an umpire or a field judge in hockey, or, I mean, a, a field judge in football, or any any official that has to make rulings, uh, they don't know how tough that really is, but uh, you certainly succeeded, Pards, and my hat is so off to you. I'm so proud. But you mentioned <laughs> 25 years ago is when you went to Kegel. I can't believe that. That's hard to believe how much yeah. time flies. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, it's, you know, I've always been involved in, in light lane maintenance, but, you know, it, it's guys like you and, you know, John Davis who encouraged me to continue to, you know, to pursue it. And um, it's just, it, uh, and Don Agent early on was an influence of mine. And so I just continued with it. And, you know, people often ask me, like, why am I so into this? And the reason is because when I was a junior bowler, um, I was really good. And I would be, you know, when we bowled the Coca-Cola tournament, which at that time was the big tournament, and there was no junior gold. And um, I'd always be on lane 1A or the last lane E uh, because I was the highest average in the state. And um, when I was a junior and senior, one year Len, we bowled, you know, half the kids bowled Saturday, half the kids bowled Sunday. Well, on Saturday, all the kids bowled qualifier and they're all bowling 650. The next morning, my zone hooks in the left gutter at three feet because the mechanic decided to change the buffing tube of the century on Saturday <laughs> night. I'm not, I'm not making this up. Yeah, I believe and it. The next, the next year, I'm on one and two at the center, and the guy brings out his lane walker and starts it on one and just run, no, not stripping, just oiling. Runs it on one and goes all the way down to 16. So I'm throwing a plastic ball on lane one and a sanded zone on lane two. And I just got, you know, all anybody wants is a fair chance. And I just got so disgusted with that. These were just mistakes that were being made that didn't have to be made. If you make a mistake on a pattern, Len, as you know, that's one thing. But to not have all the lanes precisely conditioned the same way made no sense to me. And so at that time, Kegel and the foundation was really into this. And I, I just kind of latched onto it because I just I hated the fact that it wasn't fair. Yeah, that's one of the main reasons that John Davis, our fearless founder and leader, uh, built these machines because he wanted to protect the lane man. Uh, these are no-brainers. Once you set them up, uh, they even tell you when they're running out of oil. I mean, that was something that never yeah. happened in the old days. I, I saw a couple of tournaments where the last four lanes weren't even oiled, even though the machine went up and down. Uh, they ran out of oil earlier. So, I mean, there's all kinds of things that can go wrong. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, this modern technology is wonderful. But, uh, you know, uh, not only have you been a great bowler, not only do you care about what you're doing, but uh, I understand that it's not only one of the biggest, but it's probably the biggest tournament that you've got going uh, for younger people. And that's about the great event that you have. And I know it's your baby. So tell us about the Hoosier Classic. Yeah, we just got done with the Hoosier this year. It's, uh, it was our 54th year. And uh, it's uh, the largest collegiate tournament. We have 144 varsity teams in the tournament. So no junior varsity, no B teams, right? And um, it's, it's unbelievable at, at Western Bowl in Indianapolis, which is in 80 lane center. It's, it's basically Woodland Bowl sister center, same layout. And uh, we have all the best teams in the country bowl every year. And it, it's, it's the biggest event of the year for in the regular season, besides winning the national championship, there's no tournament that a collegiate bowler would rather win than the Hoosier classic. And we had an amazing event, fantastic drama. When we used a couple of the U S open patterns uh, for the kids to bowl on, cause they bowl on three different patterns. And um, but more importantly, today, we also raise money for Make-A-Wish. So uh, we actually sponsor two Wish Kids 
and the cost of a wish is, is $10,000 each. So we were able to raise over $21,000 for Make-A-Wish, and those kids got to come out and throw out the ceremonial first ball, both of them. And it was really cool because the one little boy uh, got a strike, if you can believe it. And so, uh, it was, you know, it's, it's fun to, to have the, the bowling community rally around that. And, you know, the student athletes and the parents, uh, it just makes it more than just a bowling tournament now. It makes it that we're actually doing some real good. And so it's, it's just it's one of the best, uh, if not the best weekend of the year for me. It's certainly um, certainly up there. Oh, I, I got to tell everybody that's listening, uh, I got to go along with what you're saying. I've only been involved in one of those. And I went back there one year. You invited me to come back. As a matter of fact, uh, that's where I met my partner that helped me write the book, Stone 8, mm -hmm. uh, Sam Villarreal. I met him there, and uh, we had a little chair and a table on the concourse. And I'm seeing these people come in right and left all over the place. And some of them are carrying ladders. And I'm wondering, what the heck's going on, you know? <laughs> and so they started bowling. And I tried to go from one end to the bowling center to the other down the concourse. There was no way. There were five and six deep. And then I realized why the ladders were there. Some of the experienced parents uh, were in the back row on the concourse, standing up on top of the ladder so they could see over the crowd to see their kids. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And, you know, i got to tell you, Nick, uh, uh, uh this has prompted me to want to get involved with the juniors because I've been analyzing things for the last few years. And I think that there's basically four entities in, in bowling now. It's We got open play, we got leagues, we got seniors, but the juniors are huge. I mean, they're coming on and, and places that like you got going, uh, I, I asked you about the conditions and you said they like them tough. Well, I've been checking around the country, and yeah, a lot of the juniors want them tough, which is awesome. I, I love that because they're learning how to bowl, and that's why I'm going to start right. this junior bowling club. But I'll talk more about that later. But what else you got to tell us about the Hoosier Classic? Yeah, it's, you know, we, there's so many people in there, and we're we're just so fortunate to have people that obviously want to bowl the tournament, the teams, right? We have a huge wait list just to get in the tournament, but also the parents and the spectators because it's such an experience, right? And so uh, we've, we've done some things to enhance it over the years where we've added bleachers this year. Um, and we also did mobile ticketing. So we, when we sold on Saturday alone 950 tickets for the day. <laughs> That's plus the almost 1,000 people that are in the bowl bowling, right? Yeah. So there's and, – and, and all these folks that are spectating are buying T-shirts and – uh, participating in our raffles to, to raise money. So not only do we raise $21,000 $21, from Make-A-Wish, we also raise about $9,000 a year for the tournament scholarship fund. So our tournament pays out $9,000 a year to the schools because you can't um, put a prize fund and entry fee. It all has to be raised through sponsorship. So, you know, we're, we're, we're dishing out about thirty grand a year in money to, um, to different entities, and it just shows you that, you know, people are committed to, to enjoying our event and are willing to, to help us raise that money. Well, it's amazing. I know how hard you work at it. Um, I do have one question. Uh, I know that uh, whatever this is under, FAA or FCC, whatever, the, you know, you, you're not supposed to swear and, and tell lies and stuff like that on the Internet. 
which this is, but uh, you got to tell me, how much are you paying the fire department not to close the joint down? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're close to the uh, capacity limit, that's for sure. Um, and so we have to make sure that all of our entrances are open, right, and, and egressed and all that sort of thing. So uh, we got we got to watch it, that's for sure. Yeah, I worked for the PBA for over 20 years, and I was at every event uh, known to mankind. I never saw crowds like that. It might have been one close when I was in New Jersey. They, they had a great promoter there, too. Big Jack was his name, and uh, you do a wonderful job. And, and those scholarships, I'll tell you what, uh, I know how hard you work to go out there and get sponsors for those kind of things, but uh, you already got plans for next year? Yeah, we we have to run the tournament a week earlier next year than we normally do because the NBA All-Star Game is in Indianapolis on our weekend. Okay. And uh, no no hotel rooms available, at least not the rate we need. So we'll move it up a week. It'll be actually Super Bowl weekend next year. It'll be our 55th anniversary. And, um, you know, we'll, we have some learnings this year. We'll make a few small changes, and uh, we'll be right back at it. Well, what are the, you have the dates already set? Yeah, it's February. It'll be the 9th, I believe, through the 11th of, of 2024. All right, so we're about a year away, but I want you to remind me a little bit in advance. Uh, we'll have you on the show, and we'll promote it again. Not that you need any more promotion, but, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do it. So, you know, we're about two minutes away for the end of the show, Pards, and uh, I want to give you the last uh, – comment or two to make so the stage is yours <laughs> um I've I just enjoyed our friendship money for 30 plus years and you know bowling you just meet so many great people and I, I just uh, I think that sometimes us as bowlers you know whether it's online or in other areas we, we try to get we tend to get a little negative about things and I think it's just important for us to step back and, and realize what a wonderful sport we have and that there are wonderful people involved in the sport that are doing great things. And you know, if we can just take time out of our day to, to be appreciative of that more, um, it'll just make the sport even better. So, uh, you know, the partnerships I have, I've been built over a long time, whether it's with USBC or with Kaggle or even with, you know, we work at the PBA and relationships matter. And so, uh, just thanks to everyone who's helped supported all these initiatives over the years, and uh, can't can't say enough about what Kegel um, what Kegel has done for me and, and for my career. They're, they they've helped me tremendously. Well, Bart, you've helped yourself by forming these relationships. And you know, the other day, or I guess maybe five weeks ago, six weeks, I was looking at my list of friends, and 95% uh, of the people I've met in my life are still my friends are all involved in bowling. So it's a wonderful sport. Mm -hmm. It's competitive. The community is unbelievable. And a lot of times when I ask somebody to come on the show, they'll say, well, you're not going to ask me anything controversial, are you? And I tell them, nope, this is not a shock jock show. Uh, there's enough baloney going on and controversial stuff on the concourses. Uh, we're here to right. promote bowling, man. So, that's if right. we can if we can promote bowling and have guests on like you that promote the sport, God bless you, part. So, Phantom fans, I can see it by the old clock on the wall that we are out of time, and 
I could have asked Nick five or ten more questions, but I think I'm going to have him on a little bit more often now that he's a superstar, <laughs> besides doing the lanes and everything around the world. But we look forward to talking to all of you again next week. We'll have another great guest to talk to, and we want to thank our sponsors, Storm Bowling and Brad Edelman from the High Roller, and also Dave Kowalski. Uh, he's a bowling guru from Michigan, and he was just recently inducted into the Michigan Coaches Hall of Fame. And he's going to be on my staff when I start this Phantom Radio Junior Bowling Club. And as I mentioned earlier, we're going to launch it on March 15th. We're still going to pass along a lot of details in the next couple of shows. But, uh, Nick, thanks again for being with us. God bless you. Give my best to your wife and your kids. And from Phantom Radio, this is the Phantom. When you're down and troubled and you need some love and care and nothing, well, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me And soon I'll...